said that uh, at the end of service, one of the things you're going to do is announce for a preacher picture. She said after the preacher picture, uh, she said it's in her thought to get the family together and take the family picture. Oh, before we break for lunch? Well, that's what she said. Okay, I mean, that might take a little while. Well, I don't, I, yeah, I don't, whatever you, you think. turn people loose and let people... Good morning. Boy, what a crowd. Thankful for everybody being here today. We have got visitors from far and wide, and we are so appreciative of each and every one being here today. Uh, just uh, thrilled our heart, each group that we would see come in. And uh, folks from Michigan and Indiana and Ohio and Kentucky and Tennessee and probably other places probably missed somewhere. But uh, And there's a lot of folks from just right here around local. So thank you for coming. And uh, it is just a, a special day. It's a special day to me and our family, obviously, but it's a special day for the church and the church family. And uh, I was thinking about the number 50 and what it represents in a, in a number of jubilee and the celebration that occurred biblically with the number 50. And it has just been such a special number. And we are so thankful for God's blessing on us as a church for letting us have our pastor for 50 years. And... Uh, we are so thankful for the number of friends and pastors and deacons and lay people and just however, whatever description, if you're here today, we're honored that you are here. We've got Brother Larry Head here to preach for us today. I called Larry a year ago after we decided to do this and announced it the first time. And I said, Larry, we've got you on our heart. We feel like you're the man. And uh, he said, boy, I don't feel worthy to do that. Uh, and we talked a little while, and he said, I, he said the Lord's impressed me. I, I can come. I'll, I'll come do that. I'll come try and do my best. And I've talked to him several times since, and we're just excited that he's here. So we want to lift him up. He can't preach if we don't pray. Amen? And so we want to lift him up and uh, support him today. We've got the heavenly heirs. First time that they've been uh, here to Lima Missionary Baptist. They've traveled all over. You guys have passed us up going right up 75 and never stopped. What's that about? But we've gotten acquainted with them and they've sang at some homecomings that Dad has preached in and that we've been at. And I know a lot of you, whoever's heard the Heavenly Ears, let's see your hands if you've heard them. So, yeah, about a third of the crowd. So you guys aren't singing to people that don't know you. There's a third of us that know you. So, um, but we're so thankful to have them all the way from down around Tazewell, uh, Tennessee. They're singing at a homecoming tomorrow. When I called them, they said, we've got a homecoming Sunday. We can't come. I said, we're having this on Saturday. And they said, well, we could come, but we'd be wore out on Sunday. 
I said, well, just come. We'll get the fresh heavenly airs. And on Sunday, that church will get the wore out heavenly airs. And we won't worry about that. So we've got them here. And we certainly are excited about hearing them. So thank you for coming. Uh, Brother Taylor asked me to announce before the choir starts, if you're here and you would like to sing in the choir with our choir today, you're welcome. So come right on. If you, if you uh, sing in your choir at home or even if you don't but want to sing in the choir today, you're welcome. He'd love to have you. So anybody that wants to do that, feel free to come right on. We're going to just try to follow the Lord today. Let's be in prayer. Um, the one thing that I have learned following my dad around for 55 years is that his heart's desire is to see one more soul get saved. And so we're here having a celebration today and recognizing him and God's goodness uh, for the 50 years he's pastored here. No better way to celebrate that than if somebody would make their peace call and election sure here today. So if you're here and you need prayer, whether it's while the choir's singing, the heavenly airs are singing, Brother Larry's up in his opening remarks, or it's an invitation. If you feel the need for prayer, this altar is open. And there's a bunch of people here that would love to gather in and pray with you today. So uh, let's turn over to the choir. I told Brother Taylor just come and do what they do. We appreciate him so much in this choir. So let's be in prayer. And, uh, and you may notice that I've got Dad sitting over here on the bench. Mom's going to join him after the choir. We wanted them sitting up front today so Doug could get some good shots on the live stream and uh, so everybody could see him. And so uh, just something a little different, but we thought we'd just honor them today by doing that. So thank you for being here, Brother Taylor, in the choir.
77 in the inspiration book. Page 177 in the inspiration
appreciate that good choir singing appreciate what we can feel uh, can feel people praying it's uh, it's i don't get to sit up here very often i normally sit on the front bench looking this way but just getting to see people's faces and people raising their hands and people wiping tears and standing up and praising the lord it was a real blessing um, before we go on i've got something i want to do uh, I want every preacher in the house, if you would, just stand up and stay standing up for just a minute so everybody can look at you. So uh, if you're a preacher, uh, stand up. And uh, we're going to get a photo later, uh, in, uh, later in the day of all the preachers, so don't run off. But I just wanted everybody, thank you, fellas, you can sit down. Uh, great number. We appreciate each and every one uh, that's come. And uh, so... At this time, now that all the preachers have sat down, I'm going to have everybody stand right back up. We're going to stand up and take prayer requests. We'll have prayer. I think that's important. And uh, so uh, if, you are, if you have an unspoken request, if you would just show that by raising your hand. I appreciate all those. Does anybody have something special on your heart you want to voice this morning before we pray? Okay, there's a lot to pray for. Let's remember all those hands. God knows all those hearts. Uh, we're going to ask Uncle Bill if he would to lead us in prayer.
I'm going to take just a minute right here and say a few things. I don't want to take too long. Uh, I don't want to offend the spirit, but I want to just tell a few things right now, and then we'll maybe tell some more later. Uh, but uh, my dad, Terry Brock, he announced his calling at 16 years old, uh, and he was later ordained. And when he was 22, he went to Pastor Pleasant View Missionary Baptist Church up by Defiance, Ohio. And I was just shy of one year old when he did that. He was there, and that was in 1969. And he was there about four and a half years. And in 1973, Lima Missionary Baptist Church, which is his home church, that's where he was raised and was saved and where he was ordained, where his dad, my grandpa, was a deacon. Uh, and that church at that time was on Albert Street over in the city of Lima. And a lot of you know where that is. In 1973, the pastor at Lima Missionary Baptist Church resigned, and the church prayed, and they got my dad on their heart as the pastor. I was just a young boy, wasn't saved, don't remember a whole lot about it, but I've heard some of the stories and the discussions that went on. And you know, the last two people that were satisfied that he was the man was my grandpa and my Uncle Bill. And they loved him and they wanted him to be the man, but when it's your family, sometimes it, you got to be a little extra careful. When my kids got saved, I wanted an extra witness of that because I wanted to make sure. And that's where Grandpa and Bill were at that time. But they called him and he said, I'll come. So he came and he started pastoring this church the first Sunday in September, 1973. So this coming, I guess that'll be Friday, that'll be 50 years. And so that's a little bit of the history. I heard him tell, we were at a prayer meeting yesterday morning early, and uh, another preacher congratulated him and said 50 years, said that's awesome. And he said, I pastored a church for 24 years. He said, I thought that was a long time. Dad told this story. He said, when they called me and we came, he said, I, I told my wife, he said, I don't know what I've done. He said, maybe if the Lord is good, I'll make it one year. And he said, after one year, I told my wife, maybe if the Lord will and the Lord is good, maybe I'll make it three years. And here we are at 50 years. And we're so thankful for him. And uh, this church has been a family to our family. And they've they've raised me and my sister and they've helped raise our kids and our grandkids and uh, I'm so thankful because a pastor pastor in a church is a relationship much like a man and a woman being married it takes both of them wanting that relationship to be the case for it to continue if my wife wised up and told me she was leaving and we were done don't do that by the way no matter what I wanted to do, that couldn't continue. But this church has loved on my dad and my mom and our family for 50 years. And uh, it is just, it has been a real special blessing. Now, um, I debated on this, but this is the way I feel like doing this. And I want to be time conscious. But and we've got these singers 
And once they get done, Lord willing, unless the Lord impresses me, I'm going right to Brother Larry once they get done. But does somebody else here today have a song on your heart? If God has impressed you with the song, I want to give you that opportunity. I don't see anybody coming. I've got an impression. She does not know that this is coming. I think this is going to shock her. Sister Lydia, do you have a song on your heart? That's where the Lord led me. That's where I'm going. If you do, come and sing it. Let's pray for her. While she's coming, I'd like for my sister, Krista, and her husband, Tab, and all of their kids, and they can hold the grandbabies, and Lydia is one of their daughter-in-laws. If you would, stand up just so everybody can kind of get a glimpse of you while Lydia's coming. Yeah, stand up there, boys. All right, thank you. You can sit down. There's a land where I'm going when this life is gone, where we'll not fear the bad news of a loved one passed on, where blind eyes will see and the sick will be well. Oh, look what God gave me when he saved me from hell. I wasn't asking for a beautiful mansion by that river of life and forever to dwell. All I wanted was refuge from the fire, but look what God gave me when he saved me from hell. There will not be one cripple in that heavenly place and there'll not be one teardrop to fall down my face oh the half has not been told it's too good to tell oh look what god gave me when he saved me from hell i wasn't asking for a beautiful mansion by that river of life and forever to dwell all i wanted was refuge from the far but look what god gave me when he saved me from hell
Thanks, Lydia. Appreciate that. Anybody else? If you've got a song, I'll give you this chance. Okay. Heavenly heirs, come right on. I'll let them introduce uh, the, the three of them. Let's pray for them. Let's lift them up. Uh, grown to really love these folks, and so let's just pray for them and give them our hearts this morning. Folks, just sing how you feel. I know I'm one of his. You can't make me doubt it. Isn't it a wonderful thing to know that your name has been recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life? And he said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So I'm here to say, thank you, Lord. I just want to worship you and praise you. Didn't ask for all that extra stuff, but I got it when he saved me from hell. <laughs> Bless his holy name. Amen. Hey! 
everything's okay. I just had a talk with Jesus. He said help is on the way. Oh, just hang on. Amen. And don't lose sight. Soon your wedding will be over. He will make your burden light. Everything's fine. Now you may feel you've lost your way. Your world's just spinning round and round. Oh, but what a Last. 
And you may go right on living like he'll never come. Oh, I still believe. Oh, I still believe in the old rugged cross. It still changes lives that are lost. I still believe there is power in the precious blood of the Lamb. I believe the old Bible. I have no doubt. I still believe it'll make you want to shout. You may look at me strange. I'm not about to change. I still believe. He said he would come like a thief in the night. It may be morning or it may be night. But he's coming back for all the world to see. He said the trumpet surely would sound. And all of the saints will leave from the ground. And we will rise up to meet him in the air. Oh, I still believe. Oh, I still believe in the old rugged cross. It still changes lives that are lost. I still believe there is power in the precious blood of the Lamb. to do it but he did he woke me up this morning and he set me on my way he didn't have to do it but he did and he didn't have to save me but I know he did. Amen. He didn't have to save me, but he did. Amen. Oh, he woke me up this morning, and he set me on my way. He didn't have to do it, but he did. Doesn't have to bless us, but he doesn't have to bless us, but he does. Amen. Amen. He woke me up this morning and he set me on my way. He didn't have to do it. But he did. Amen. Would you slur? 
like this in the car coming up last night, so bear with us. We have sailed on this old ship of Zion so long. We have sailed through rough waters and we've weathered many storms. But from the bow of the sheep, I just heard a cry. This journey's almost over. Land is inside. And it sure looks like home to me. I can see banners waving beside the crystal sea. There we'll join holy angels and crown Christ the King. It sure looks like home to me. Yes, it sure looks like home to me. As I look a little closer, I see loved ones on that shore. There will be united in the presence of the Lord. So we'll keep sailing onward to the joy that awaits. They can't start the celebration till we step through the gates. And it sure looks like home to me. I can see banners waving beside the crystal sea. There will join holy angels and crown Christ the King. It sure looks like home to me. Yes, it sure looks like home to me. Sunday school teacher gave their job to someone else. What if every faithful worker decided they were through and all our prayer warriors chose to give up to? What a tragedy all of this would be. But Lord, 
it helps me to see I can't give up no matter what comes my way I might be weary and battle scarred but that's okay it will be worth it all just to hear him say well done in spite of everything you have been so good to me I can't give up my name may not be great and my labor may seem small but no matter what you ask of me I won't to give my all in spite of my weakness you've helped me Lord to see that so many lives are depending on me and I admit sometimes I get so tired but I love you Jesus and I made up my mind I can't give up No matter what comes my way I might be weary And battle-scarred But that's okay It will be worth it all Just to hear you say well done In spite of everything you have been so good to me I can't give up May I help someone else Who's fallen on their knees To get back up and say Lord, you can count on me I can't give up No But that's okay It will be worth it all Just to hear you say well done In spite of everything You have been so good to me them songs and thank you folks uh, for singing and being here and making such a, a big uh, commitment coming all the way they got in late last night from Tennessee and I uh, got to turn right around and go back so thank you for being here um, I had my sister's family stand up earlier I'd like uh, to have my family stand up if you would and my wife and my kids and if you got the grandbabies there hold them up and and the in-laws too we can't forget them uh, so if all of you would just stand up for just a minute. This is my crew, uh, so appreciate you guys and my couple of grandbabies, so thank you. You can sit down. That last song they were singing about uh, what we do matters. 
and I wanted to take one more minute before I turn over to Brother Larry, I want to tell this. What we do matters. Uh, when my dad came back to Lima in 1973, one of the other things that I've heard him talk about was he had my mom's family on his heart. My mom was not raised in church, and uh, her mom and dad didn't go to church. And so she didn't get to come to church very often. Her sister married Bill, and she got acquainted with this church, and that's a little bit how she got acquainted with that. But they didn't go to church. And so when, when mom and dad came back here, Faye, which was Bill's wife, uh, she was coming to church, but the rest of my mom's siblings and her mom and dad weren't saved, weren't coming to church. And over the years, God has blessed Got my uncle sitting right there, Uncle Jerry. He got saved at Grandma's funeral. I got my cousin Neil over there. Neil got saved. His mom got saved. His sister got saved. All of my mom's siblings, my grandma and my grandpa, before they died, they got saved. If you don't think what you're doing and what you're not doing makes a difference. It does. The Bible says you're with me or you're against me. You're gathering in or you're scattering. Where are you at today? Are you gathering? Are you standing with God's people and trying to be an influence? And you want to know who you're going to be an influence to the people that are the closest to you in this life is who you're most likely to be an influence to. For the good or for the bad. I want everybody to be much in prayer at this time. Brother Larry Head is no stranger here. I doubt if anybody in this congregation hasn't heard him preach at some point or another. Uh, he has been here and preached for us revivals and homecomings and has just been uh, a great friend uh, to this church, to all of us. Pastor of Lakeside Missionary Baptist Church in Monroe, Michigan. Brother Larry, come and do whatever you feel like. Brother Larry, yeah. I want to use this, if I could, for just some preliminary comments, and then I'll put that off to the side and preach. I want to tell you a story. Probably, I'm guessing, 30, 35 years ago, when Faith Church had just started, Roger Hall was pastor there. And he called myself and Terry for a homecoming service and uh, I preached the morning I had gotten some great advice from preacher Murphy Buell Murphy said when you preach in a homecoming if you have a choice always preach the first service that way you can eat all you want So I was preaching the first service, and Terry and them made their way over. He, had, I assume, had preached here. And uh, 
when he came in, uh, God had blessed me and I, my coat was off and I wore sus- clip-on suspenders. And one of them had broke loose. And I didn't realize it and it was flopping and flying everywhere. So while we were in the lunch line, somebody was standing near and somebody said, Preacher, when I saw that suspender flying in the air, said I went to praying that God would bring it to your attention and you could catch it and put it back in place. Terry said, not me. I was praying for the other one to hold on for dear life. And since then, I still wear suspenders, but I got the kind of got the buttons on them now. <laughs> Let me begin my comments to Lima Church. You've loved him. You've supported him. You've encouraged him. And thank God the rest of us are proud that you shared him. You've shared him with other churches. You've shared him to be a blessing to other people. And not just he, but Linda also. It's said that behind every good man is a good woman. Could I change that? Beside every good preacher is a good preacher's wife. And Lima, you've got one. Not only has she loved on you, but she's loved on us preachers and our wives. You've been a great inspiration to preachers' wives. You've helped. You've encouraged. You've prayed. You've counseled. You've done everything that you could to try to help other preachers' wives. I think about you. I think about... Mary Magdalene. She was the first one to see the risen Savior. And I think about you, and every time he preached, whether it be here, somewhere else, revivals, special meetings, whether you could go or not, you prayed. And you asked the Lord's blessing upon those times together. I remember Hannah in the Bible. You remind me much of her. Hannah was without a child. Hannah prayed. And Hannah said, God, if you give me a man-child, see, she prayed specifically. If you give me a man-child, I'll give him back to you. And I don't doubt every time he's preached, whether you could be with him or not, you've prayed for a child to be born into the family of God. That's what it's all about, folks. We're here today to honor these two, and we we well should. But if we honor them, it'll be because we honor him. Now this one, as I was searching, 11 months ago, Blaine called me. I, I remember exactly where I was. I was headed to a grandson's ball game. And I saw the call come in, and I answered 
And after a few moments, I felt God move, and I said, I'll try my best, and I'll come. And as soon as I hung up, I thought, what in the world have you done? <laughs> but I will tell you this, that from the moment that God said go, I've had the same message for 11 months. I would to God you'd have just called me yesterday. <laughs> Mary, the mother of Jesus, when Jesus was at the marriage of Cana of Galilee, Mary said these words, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Now, if you said that about him, but in the Lord and in the Spirit, you've always said, whatsoever he says has come from him, do it. So I, I conclude my thoughts on, on Linda this way. Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee, nor to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God shall be my God. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful where you see Terry, you see Linda? Where you see these other preachers, you see their wives? And I got to thinking, oh, I thought about this so many times, Lord... I'm so unworthy to stand here. Surely one of these other preachers. So preachers, I want you to know something. Just raise your hands real quick if you're a preacher here today. Let me tell you something. I don't stand here all by myself. I stand here representing you. Representing every man of God that this man of God has helped and encouraged. Now, before I get to the message... I got to thinking, if, if I stand up here and tell us all that this is a man without fault, surely you wouldn't believe me. So I picked up the phone one day and I called Linda. And I said, Linda, uh, help me. I know he's not perfect, but just share a few of his faults with me if you would. Twenty-five minutes later. I said, well, thank you. And I hung up. Two minutes later, the phone rang. I picked it up. She said, it wasn't done. Now, that didn't happen. I'm just... We've all got faults. You've been a preacher, a pastor, an evangelist, a counselor. Lord, have mercy. I could count the number of countless hours you've spent encouraging me. You've been a mentor. It's nothing to pick up you all on Facebook and a young preacher be standing here because this pastor is trying to help them and encourage them. You've encouraged other pastors and other young preachers. 
Now I'll get them comments off to the side. And I want to share something with you today. Now I have struggled with this. I have tried to change this. I have tried to get out of this. I couldn't tell you the times I thought I better just call Blaine and say, I just don't think I can do this. I wrestled all night long. I bet I didn't sleep an hour and a half at a time last night. I'm serious. My mouth is as dry as dry can be right now. I hardly ever get real nervous when I preach, but I'm scared to death right now because I want to honor these people because they deserve to be honored, but mostly because I want to honor him. So if I could just share a few things with you today, I'm going to give it to you exactly, I hope, the way God gave it to me. And we could be here a while. This could very well be a David Barnard or a Mike Raines message. Long, long, but prayerfully good. So when I got the call, I went to the ball field. I just had arrived, sat down, and I'd already been praying and, and asking the Lord, God, you said for me to go. What would you have? What am I going to say? What am I going to do? And God put some thoughts on my heart, even sitting at a football game. And every single solitary day since then, he's reinforced these thoughts. I'll try my best to be as brief as I know how to be, uh, but I want to share. And what I want to start out sharing with you are some biblical people, some men of God that remind me of Terry Brock. First of all is Jeremiah. If I could think about Jeremiah for just a few minutes, let me tell you in the first chapter of the book of Jeremiah, I don't have a scripture. I'm just going to tell you about these men. But in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah is told by God, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. I would say to you and I today that before God ever put the thought in the mind of P.L. and Mary Brock, God had a man. God had a man that he was going to call and a man that he knew would answer that call and a man that he knew would lift up the name of Jesus. Every single solitary thing I know about this man and I've walked with him for years and years and years. Everything that I know about him is all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. And so before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. I sanctified thee. <clears throat> that word means I set you apart. And I ordained thee. I didn't know Terry when he got ordained. In fact, probably I wasn't even preaching back then. But I want you to understand something. When men come around and somebody's being ordained either as a preacher or a deacon, and men come around and lay their hands on them and they begin to pray with them and counsel with them and, and love on them and just share with them just a little bit, 
when times like that happens, it's not just because men have ordained somebody. It's because God has ordained somebody. If you're here today and you're a young preacher, you better thank the Lord that God has placed His hand upon you. You better thank God that there's a God in heaven that loves you and cares enough about you and sees something deep down inside of you that says, I can trust that man. I will give him the counsel of the Almighty God. I'll give him the Word of God and I'll do everything that I can do to bless his ministry and to help him and to encourage him. And it takes the church, it takes Lima, it takes all us other churches to lift up the gospel because it's the gospel that's the power of God unto salvation. So Jeremiah, Jeremiah was called of God to preach. Jeremiah was sanctified and ordained by God. Then I think about Abraham. I think about how you, in my mind, are like an Abraham. When God spoke to Abraham, God said to him, Abraham, I want you to leave everything. I want you to just pack your bags and go. I'm not going to tell you where we're going. I'm not going to tell you what the journey's going to be like. But I'm telling you, if you'll follow me, I'll make you a father of many nations. I, I see that in you. Where you've just said, God, I'm sold out to you. God, whatever you want me to do. Now you pray for me for just a few minutes. Uh, somebody said earlier, you can't pray without the church. Uh, and I believe they can't preach without the church. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, I want to ele elevate these people. They lift them up. But in the second half of what I believe God has given me. I want to lift Him up. I want to exalt Him. I want you, if you're saved, to thank God for that. If you're not saved, listen closely. Oh God Almighty, by the power of the Holy Ghost, I can reach into your life and cause a change to be made. Abraham, leave it all behind and just follow me. And then I see Moses. I don't know about you, but I needed a burning bush when God called me to preach. And God took Moses. Moses' life was, was uh, sectioned out into three different uh, uh, time periods. Uh, the first 40 years in Egypt, learning about the enemy. And the second 40 years in the desert, uh, attending sheep. Uh, and the last 40 years of his life, uh, he's there and he's brought back to Egypt to bring the people out of bondage. Uh, and that's exactly what God has done in your ministry. He has brought people out of bondage and caused them to see that God Almighty is God on the throne. He's alive today, still alive, still well, and calling people to be saved by His marvelous grace. <coughs> then I see Joshua and Caleb. I see that in you. Why, Joshua? Why, Caleb? The children of Israel have come out of Egyptian bondage. They're ready to cross the Red Sea. Eleven days' journey from where they were to the Promised Land. God gets them to the brink of the Jordan River. God says, let's send some men over there see what it's like. 
It's a land that flows with milk and honey. And so 12 men, one out of each tribe, goes over yonder into that promised land and they all come back with the same message. They all come back with the same uh, report, if you will. And that report is says, uh, it's just like God said it was. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. It's a land that's beautiful. It's a land, let's go take it. And 10 of them rise up and say, but there's giants over there and we can't go. And Joshua and Caleb tried to steal the people, settle them down and say, we are well able to go. Let's take the land. Let's go. Let's do what God said we can do. If the church of the living God today would take a lesson from that, it doesn't matter what man says. It doesn't matter what man does. If God says, do it, do it. If God says it can be claimed, claim it. If God says that somehow, some way, in the midst of all of our turmoils, that God Almighty is still on the throne, let's act like it. But the thing that troubles me as a preacher, especially as a pastor, about two or three weeks ago, I marked 37 years at Exide Church. Good Lord, I don't know what they were thinking. (laughs) But the longevity of a pastor is important. When we built our new church building about 17, 18 years ago, one of the first questions that I was asked by the people that were going to consider giving us a loan was how long have you been there? You know what they were really saying? Are you going to stick it out? Are you going to stay through thick and thin? Are you going to stay and not be like those ten that went over into the promised land and saw everything that God said they would see, but still yet came back and said, we can't go. The enemy's too big. I'm here to tell you today, in the midst of the world that we're living in, in the chaos that we're in, He's still God. He's still on the throne. He's still the same God that saved your ever-dying soul. He's still the same God that'll speak to your children and your grandchildren and live them as they humble their heart before him. Joshua and Caleb had to suffer 40 years walking in a circle because 10 men brought back an evil report. You know something, folks? I just got to take my time now. Uh, the old gray Mary ain't what she used to be. But I, I promise you, don't be like those 10. Don't come back with evil reports. Stand with your pastor and you have. Stand with these wonderful men of God. Stand with these young preachers. Boy, one of the things that stands out to me about you is that you give young preachers opportunity. That you give people an opportunity to preach the Word of God. And they may only stand for just a few minutes. And if they were like me, the first time I ever preached, I announced my calling on a Sunday night. And about the next Saturday, there was a group at the church that I was a member of called the Brotherhood. Bunch of old men. And they loved the Lord and they would get together. They couldn't hardly strike a note on a piano, but they'd sing a song. We'll work till Jesus. 
Jesus comes. Uh, but listen to me, friend. Uh, the point I'm trying to make uh, is that in the midst of all of this uh, and in the midst of people and young people trying to lift up the bloodstained banner of Jesus, uh, there's a man uh, and there ought to be others of us uh, uh, that give opportunity. Uh, they may stand but just a short while. But if you'll give them chance after chance after chance, uh, the good Holy Spirit of God uh, ever once in a while uh, will take the wheel in the middle of a wheel. Uh, get down in the depths of the soul uh, of a young child uh, that's trying to deliver the gospel. Uh, and it is the power of God unto salvation. Young preachers, you don't have the power unless the Holy Ghost comes. Amen. And so let me hurry. Uh, David, a man after God's own heart. One of the things that stands out to me about Terry Brock is that he's a man after God's own heart. I don't believe he does anything without consulting the Lord until he feels like God has moved and God has sanctioned it and God has said, that's all right, go ahead. I tell you what, David flubbed up on a lot of occasions and I do too, but I'm trying my best to be a man after God's own heart. And I pray that you preachers are doing the same. And then I think about Noah. I think about this man that preached and preached and preached while he was building an ark. And those that came around mocked him. Those that came around laughed at him. Those that came around didn't want to listen to his message and after 400 years I believe it was long time anyway when he got on board all he got on board with him was his family but when the rain came and the judgment of God fell I believe you could hear their fingernails scraping on the side of it open the door and let us in friend let me tell you something there's coming a day that my ministry will never shut the door that ministry will never shut the door but God Almighty will shut the door and if you're here today and you're lost you need to get saved so Daniel Daniel purposed in his heart that he wouldn't eat the king's meat Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the book of Daniel purposed in their heart I don't care what the king says. I don't care what the decree is. I don't care what the world says. And that's your ministry. I don't care what other people have to say. That's negative. But I'm going to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. And Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, one at a time, were cast into the burning, fiery furnace. And somebody preached one time. When they got in there, Jesus showed up. Let me just correct that if I might. Each time one of them was cast in, I believe Jesus called them, set them aside and said, wait just a minute, we've got two more on their way. Got a hold of the second one, set him to the side. Got a hold of the third one. And when the king came in that morning, the king said, hey, didn't we cast three men into that burning fiery furnace? Yeah, king, we did. Oh, but I see four men loose and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. If you'd ask him, I believe he could tell you story after story after story about being in the fire, about being on the firing line, about the fiery darts of the wicked in the wee hours of the morning. Boy, I'm telling you, 
I want to quit right now, to be honest with you. I want to quit. I prayed, God, 37 years is enough. God, I don't want to stay no more. Turn this off. I don't want them to hear it up yonder in Michigan. But then I got to thinking about what they pay and I changed. No, I'm just kidding. It gets troublesome, doesn't it, preacher? It gets tiresome. You want to just throw in the towel. You want to quit. You want to say, what's the use? And every time I get to that place where I say, what's the use? Some lost soul will come to my mind. Somebody will come that I've been praying for, that I've been longing to see come to Jesus. And God will say, you can't quit now, son. It's time to keep on keeping on. It's time to keep going. I pray God give you 50 more years. I pray God blesses your ministry. And you young preachers, when you want to quit, you call him. You call me. I guarantee you, you've not been down the same road we've been in, but I declare on the authority of the word of Almighty God, there's no quitting place. I had a friend of mine, preacher, he said, I'm going to retire. I said, Yar. I said, give me chapter and verse. Because if you can find it, I'm retiring too. I quit. There's no quitting spot in this, folks. There's no quitting spot. Because God, when God, there's no repentance of the calling of God. When God puts it on our heart, we just need to pray and ask God, Jehoshaphat. Oh, I think about Jehoshaphat. The, the story came to Jehoshaphat that the enemy was going to come. And the first thing Jehoshaphat did was find him a place to pray. I believe he's a man of prayer. I believe he's a man that loves the Lord. I believe he's a man that listens to God. If he weren't, you wouldn't have him as a pastor. You wouldn't have him as a friend. But I tell you, Jehoshaphat prayed. And finally, to make a long story short, Jehoshaphat set himself, took a stand, and then he just stood back and watched God move. Set yourself, stand you still, and see the salvation of the Lord. God's still as powerful as he ever was. Yeah. And so, Samuel, Samuel was there with the children of Israel when they fought a great battle against the Philistines. And the Bible said when they fought that battle, it was a place called Ebenezer. It was between a place called Shin and Mizpah. And when he set up a stone, the prophet he said, hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Every preacher that I know anything about, this one included, you better set you up some Ebenezer's. You better have some things in your life. You know why a lot of people get out of church. You know why a lot of people can't take the fire. It's because they got saved, but they never grew. They got saved, 
preachers, help me, help me now. They got saved. They don't want to go to, to hell, so they got saved. But then they just laid back. They quit. They didn't do anything. So when they get out here on their journey and something happens, they got to come all the way back down here and say, God, am I really saved? But here's what an Ebenezer is. It's a step in your journey. And when you take a step, you better establish that God is here and that God is helping you. And so we take another step and you establish another Ebenezer in your time of distress and discouragement so that when you've established enough of these and tough times come, you don't have to go all the way back to where you got saved. You just come back to where God was the answer the time before. Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad that God's still the answer? And so, Solomon, wisdom. Solomon could have asked anything of God, and he asked for wisdom. There's been times, and I'm sure you preachers could attest to this. There's been times I have a little study area, and there's been times I've gone in there, and I thought, God, what am I going to do? Which way am I going to turn? I don't know what to do. And either a text or a phone call will come from this man. Not just him, from the David Barnards in the microwave. I don't mean to leave anybody else out. I really don't. But I'm telling you, you better find you somebody to walk close with. Better find you somebody that loves the Lord and loves you. Because those times are going to come. We're going to need wisdom. We're going to need the wisdom of the Lord. And so, in the midst of all of that, let me hurry. I think about Elijah. Elijah. Elijah, at Elijah's word, heavens were shut up for three and a half years. And then, oh, Ahab, the most wicked king of all of them, Ahab is coming after Elijah. And there's no rain to be found. But so, Ahab comes out. And uh, Elijah says to him, let's put God to the test. You ever put him to the test? But I'll tell you what, he'll win. He'll win the test. And so he puts him to the test. And he says to the prophets of Baal, you go first. But whoever answers by fire, let's let him be God. And so they, they erect themselves an altar. They put a, a big trench around it. They put wood on top of it. They soak it with water. And they cry out in the morning. And they cry out in the evening. And they cry out all the day long. But there's no answer. Why is there no answer? Because there's only one God. God, and beside him there is none other. And so when Elijah got done mocking him, he said, let me have my turn. And he made the, the same thing. And then he cried out to Almighty God. And God sent the fire down from heaven. And it licked up the altar. It licked up the wood. It licked up the water. It licked up the dust. It licked up things that, that fire don't, can't stand against. But I'm here to tell you today, his God answered by fire. Now listen to this. Great victory. Remember the heavens have been shut up. So Elijah says to his little servant, you go out, you look out over the water, and you tell me if the rain's coming. The little servant went out and he came back and he said, I don't see anything. 
He said, go seven times. But I, if you ain't never preached on seven, preach on it. Brother, it's God's number. It surely is. And so in the midst of all of that, the Bible said that uh, the rain was coming. The rain, the blessings of God were coming. Hadn't rained in three and a half years. The blessings are coming from Almighty God. But listen to this. Elijah, a man of God. Elijah, a man that trusted the Lord. Elijah, a man with great power. Elijah, a man that shut up the heavens for three and a half years. And now the rain comes. And if you turn the page in your Bible, you find that same Elijah under a juniper tree crying out to God, just kill me. You ever get discouraged? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man, I get discouraged too. But you know what God didn't do? He didn't kill us. He just sent us a Terry Brock along the way. He just sent us another good preacher. He just sent us another good preacher's wife. He sent us somebody to help us and to encourage us. Let me tell you something, preachers. Quit talking about one another and lift up each other to heaven and call on the name of the Lord. And if you'll do that, by the grace of Almighty God, He'll bless in times of trouble. Elisha, Elisha, Elisha was the protege of Elisha, Elijah. So Elijah and Elisha are walking along together. And Elijah says to Elisha, what can I do for you? He said, well, he said, I like what I've seen in you. I'd like a double whammy of it. I'd like a double portion of the Spirit of God that rests upon you. I can't tell you the number of times, God my witness, that I've said, God, give me the same spirit that you gave this man. Give me the same spirit that you've given some of these men. God, help me stand in that sweet Holy Spirit. And so, not long after that, the chariot comes from heaven to get Elijah, and he drops his mantle. And Elijah picks it back up and he strikes it over Jordan and he says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Preachers, we need one another. We need to help one another. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? I have more to say about that, I think, in just a few minutes. Gideon. This is one of the things that impresses me so much about you. Gideon. Listen. Gideon started out with an army of 32,000 men. And God said, just tell them if they're afraid to go home. And 22,000 missionary Baptists got up and went to the house. Is that the Bible? Now the missionary Baptist part ain't in there, that's me. That's St. Larry 1 and 1. They left. Now he's got 32,000 and he just lost 22. If my math is correct, he's got 10,000 left. Wouldn't you preachers like to have a 10,000 congregation? If you say yes, you're the dumbest man in the world. I can't take care of 250, much less thousands and thousands. But you know what? He said, take them down to the water. I'm going to try them down there. I'm going to put them to the test. And so when they got down to the water, some of them done like this. Some of them got down and they just, uh, they just put their face down in the water and they drank and they drank and they drank. 
But some of them got down in the water and brought it up to their mouth and they looked around like this. And they looked for the enemy. They looked for where the enemy might be coming from. And bless your heart, there was 300 out of the 10,000 that God said, by the 300 men that left, will I save Israel. Now if you do the math, he ended up with less than 1% what he started with. Now what would you preachers do? If you was, I know what you'd do. You'd be over there, I quit. I ain't going to take this no more. And you'd call him and he'd agree. And you'd call me and I'd say, I've already told him I quit. We just, we just want to quit. No quitting in here. No quitting. You know when we get to quit? It's when they wheel us in. And then we can quit. And so in the midst of all of that, I see, I see that. You know why that reminds me of you? You've got a great big church building. You've got a great congregation. And you've preached in churches probably bigger than this. You've preached in churches didn't have but 15 people. I was with you one time when you preached a revival. There weren't about 12 people. And you preached the same that night as you preach any other night. Amen. Amen. It's not, it's not the crowd. It's the Spirit. It's the Spirit of the living God. Now, I'm sorry I've been picking on you guys all day, but you're easy to pick on. <laughs> Nehemiah. Let me hurry because we're not even halfway done. I'm serious. <laughs> this is Saturday. So, Nehemiah. Nehemiah is led captive into Babylon. But Nehemiah gets it on his heart about his homeland. And some people are passing through and he said, how are they down back in, in my homeland? And they were in distress and they were in trouble and they didn't know which way to turn. And Nehemiah gets it on his heart that he's going to rebuild the walls, that he's going to do something for God Almighty. And so when he got out of Babylon's uh, 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 jurisdiction and he comes back home, the Bible said that he began to build. And just as soon, preachers, as you begin to build, there'll be a Tobiah, a Sanballat, and a Geshem the Arabian that'll come and say, you can't do it. And they're right, you can't. But he can by the grace grace of Almighty God. Can't do it. When you try to do it in your own strength, you'll flub. You surely will. But if you trust the Lord, lean on Jesus, everything will be alright. i got to hurry. Job, a man of integrity. That's what I see in you. If he tells you something, take it to the bank. You may not like what he tells you, Sometimes here on Sundays, if you need a closer walk with Jesus and your pastor tells you so, you don't like that. I didn't like it when I was out of fellowship. Now, I've never been out of fellowship while I've been preaching. I'm afraid to do that. But I spent a time in my life in my early days uh, that I was out of fellowship with God. And I say that ashamedly. But I'm telling you, I'm glad I got a God that says you're welcome back home. You're welcome back home. And so when you stop and think for just a few minutes, I'm almost done with this part. When you stop and think for just a few minutes about Peter, I've seen you walk on water. 
You say, well, wait a minute. That's an impossibility. No, not in the spirit. It's not. No, sir. Peter got out of the boat. You know, we criticize old Peter a lot, don't we? How many of you would have got out of the boat? How many of you would have got down and tried to walk on water? How many of you would have veiled yourself to the waves that were high, the wind that was blowing? But I'm telling you, sometimes in the life of a pastor and a preacher, the winds get high, the waves get high, and it gets rough water, but thanks be unto God, at the voice of Almighty God, He will still the waters. And then, Jeremiah. Let me take you back to Jeremiah, because I started there. Jeremiah, you know what he said? Jeremiah, I've sanctified thee. I've ordained thee. You are a man. I'm going to put my words in your mouth. And a little bit later on, you find it about the 20th chapter of Jeremiah. Jeremiah says, I quit. I quit. Not going to say anything else on your behalf. I'm not going to do anything on your behalf. But then, oh, Jeremiah said, there's a fire built up in my bones. I can't quit. There's lost people that need to be touched. There's people that need Jesus. I cannot quit. And then I close with this. You've been a mentor to, to preachers. You've been a counselor, an encourager, a teacher, an example. And over in 2 Timothy, when Paul is talking to Timothy, he said, the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have, I have done everything that you told me to do. And then he mentions some people. Let me go over there real fast. And uh, here's who he mentioned. For Demas, Paul speaking now, Demas, who once walked with me, hath forsaken me. I can imagine in your spiritual life, there have been people you've walked real close with that have walked out on you. And then, he said, Luke is with me. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. I don't know about you preachers. I read that. I put faces with it. Because I... <laughs> Lakeside. But listen to this. Listen to this. Demas has, Demas has forsaken me. Luke is with me. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. The Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Now, I've tried to tell us a little bit by likening some of these biblical characters to Linda and to Terry. And I have struggled with this for 11 months. And I said, God, what am I going to do? Because that's about half the message. I'm going to preach till God says I'm done. I, I, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. But I want to introduce, if you're here today, you may have not understood all these Bible characters if you're lost. Maybe you've not read the Bible, studied the Bible, listened to somebody teach or preach the Bible. But I, I want you to understand about who Jesus is. He's the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. The lily of the valley. The bride and morning star. The fairest among 10,000. 
He's wonderful, counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's the scarlet thread, the burning bush, the Passover lamb, the, 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 the uh, manna in the wilderness. He's the cleft of the rock. He is every single thing that you and I need. He's the cloud by day and the fire by night. He's Ruth's kinsman redeemer. He's the key to the house of David. He is the wheel in the middle of a wheel. He is, bless your heart, every single thing that you and I need. He's the stone that smoked the great image. He's the fountain of living water. He's Aaron's rod that budded. He's the Lord of Noah's ark. He's the seed of the woman. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is everything in between all of that. And the Bible tells us he's the lion tamer of Daniel. He's the fourth man in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the resurrection. He is omnipotent, all-powerful. He's omniscient, all-knowing, and He's omnipresent everywhere at the same time. He's God the Son and God the precious Son of God. Herod couldn't kill Him. Pilate couldn't find fault in Him. The death couldn't conquer Him. And bless God, the grave couldn't hold Him. Now, why did I share all of that? Some of you probably go away and say he's trying to show us what he knows. No, I'm trying to show you who I know. Who I know. And so I'm going to spend just a few minutes, if I might, showing you who I know. Now, if you give me just... Now, what I'm about to, to talk to you about, what I'm about to preach to us, is my favorite scripture in the Bible. I spend more time on this than anything else that I know of. And if I were to spend all the time, we'd be here till a month of Sundays. I'm going to hit me some highlights, but I want you to take you out into the desert to a place called the Tabernacle. And if you go out yonder where that Tabernacle is at, you find a great big fenced-in area, 150 feet long, uh, 75 feet wide. And you'll find that uh, it faces toward the east. And you'll find that there's a colorful tapestry at the only entranceway into this great courtyard. It's got the color of blue, speaking of the Son of God that came from heaven. It's got the color of scarlet, speaking of His red blood that was shed at Calvary. It's got purple when you combine the red and the blue. It's a color of kingship. He's King of kings and Lord of lords. And if you think for just a few minutes about the fine twine linen, that was the white or the righteousness of Almighty God. When you step inside of that courtyard, the first thing you'll see is called the altar of burnt offering. It was there that sacrifice was made. It was there that the high priest and Hebrews tells us that Jesus is our high priest. It was there that they would take blood, many times the blood of a lamb. And so Jesus, the high priest, this altar of burnt offering represents Calvary where our great high priest took his own blood and he's making his way into a tent structure, but he's got to stop along the way at a place called the laver. It's made of the looking glasses of the women of that day. And it was like a mirror, if you will. And it had water in it. I'm telling you today that Jesus Christ is not only the written Word, He is the living Word of God. And if you pass that and go inside of that tent structure over on the south wall, you'll find a candlestick. And that candlestick tells us that Jesus is the light of the world. All the way over on the 
the north wall is a table of shoe bread. He is the bread of life. And in front of that great veil that stands is the altar of incense. He is the sacrifice that goes up to Almighty God. But listen to me. That great veil, the Bible said, the day that Jesus bowed His head on the cross and gave up His life, willingly gave it. The Bible said the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. Let me catch my breath for just a minute. Boy, we're not even at the best part. So, this is history now. This is not Bible. It's estimated that that big uh, veil, a big curtain, if you will, was four inches thick, and it was without seam. That means there was nowhere to tear it. And notice that it was torn from the top to the bottom, not from the bottom to the top. God Almighty gave access into the great room behind this. That first room was called the holy place. This room was called the holy of holies. And inside of that holy of holies was the ark of the covenant. And the lid of that ark was called the mercy seat. Now you, you, you Bible people, you stay with me and you help me. And you, you amen me if you would. Uh, amen to a preacher like sick him to a dog. <laughs> so here you are. And you've got this mercy seat. And, and when the high priest came in, let me describe the mercy seat to you. It's pure gold, speaking of the divinity of Jesus. It's got a cherubim on this side. It's got a cherubim or an angel on this side. Those were not taken and attached to the mercy seat. They were all out of beaten work. That means they were one piece of gold that was fashioned. And this angel and this angel are looking toward each other with their eyes down on the mercy seat. And their wings are touching up at the top. Why, preacher? I believe this is law. I believe this is grace. I believe this is Old Testament. This is New Testament. You say, preacher, were they saved in the Old Testament? They were looking to the cross and we're looking back to the cross and that'll save you. And so when they're there, look how their wings are touching. Why are they touching, preacher? Because it's one continuous story from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22 and 21. It's the story of Jesus. It's the story of Almighty God that loves His people. So now, they're touching they're looking down where the high priest put the blood. And they're looking at that. Now, let me fast forward you, if I may, to an empty tomb. But may I propose to you that it wasn't empty. The tomb of Jesus was not empty. It had messages in it. So when Peter and John run as fast as they can and eventually come inside, you know what they see? They see an angel here, and they see an angel here, and they see grave clothes in between. And I believe this represents again the law.
I believe this represents grace. Jesus did not come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. And this grace of Almighty God is extended to you and I. And so there they are. And I believe, and I don't have any Bible for this, but I believe while they sat there, I believe this fellow was touching uh, uh, the, the body, the grave clothes, and I believe this fellow was touching them. I, I believe they were uh, one continuous unit. Why is that important? And now let me give you something that will cause you maybe to go home and study just a little bit. Uh, I believe, and I, <coughs> I think I have Bible that I can help you with this. I believe, with you, you see a picture of the resurrection. You see grave clothes as if, uh, as if, let me borrow my jacket here real fast. You see grave clothes like this jacket, and you see them just tossed. I don't believe at all that's what the grave clothes look like. I believe they were still in the shape of the body of Jesus. Why do you believe that, preacher? Because the church is the body of Christ. And you and I, bless God, are His people. We are born again, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And I believe when they, when they wrapped those grave clothes, they would take linen and then they would take spices. They'd wrap a little bit, they'd pour spice on it. They'd wrap a little bit, pour spice on it. When they got done, it was kind of like a, a, a cocoon, if you will. It was kind of like something that... Uh, that had shaped to it. I'm telling you that the church of Almighty God has got Jesus in it. So there we are. And the two angels are sitting there. One at the foot and one at the head. You men of Galilee, why stand you here gazing? This same Jesus. This same Jesus. Not, not an imposter. Not a somebody else that's coming later on. This same Jesus, this same Jesus is coming again. So here you've got the body, the church, and we're waiting for him. But in a place all by itself is a napkin that's folded. Now let me give you, I'll catch my breath, let me give you a little, little story and a little history. As you all know, I used to teach about brain, spinal cord, all that kind of stuff. And I was invited to go to England. And I thought, yes, I'm going to England. So I went to England. And I was sitting across from one of the people that I was training, probably 50, 60 people. This man sitting across the table from me, he noticed that my plate was, I was done. And he said to me across the table, are you finished? I said, yes, sir. He said, our custom is you take your knife and your fork and you cross them and you lay them on your plate when the server comes by they'll look at that and they'll know that you're finished they'll take your plate well, I thought well that sounds pretty good so I did that and, and sure enough that's what happened in the days of Jesus the custom was if you were invited to somebody's home and you were finished with your meal you could uh, actually take the napkin that was on your lap and if you were all done, you could take that napkin, do it out like this, and just throw it on your plate. And when the server would come by and see that, they would know that you're finished. You have no intentions of returning to eat anymore. But if, if in that custom of that day, if you were going to leave and you had intentions of returning, you'd fold your napkin and you'd lay it 
And when these men looked over there and saw that folded napkin, you know what the message was? I'm coming again! And this time, I'm coming to get my people and to lift them off the face of the earth. And we're going to where God is. And we're going down, glory land avenue. The Bible said there'll be a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. Who do you think's going to shout? Well, I think Jesus will shout. I think the loved ones that we've gone to the grave with will shout. I believe we'll shout. And as we're lifted up, the Bible said those of us that are alive and remain shall not prevent them. We're not prevent prevent means you won't precede them. They've earned the right to go first. Now, what were we looking at in the tomb? Two angels agreeing together with blood, and I believe the blood was where that body was. I believe we saw the mercy seat in the tomb of Jesus. And you know what Jesus is saying today? I could ask you to bow your heads with me for just a moment. What Jesus is saying today is that I am the mercy of God. Every single one of you folks deserved hell. Every single one of you deserved to die in a lost condition. But Jesus is saying... I've come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. With your heads bowed, no one looking but me and Jesus. To my left, to your right. And I I make you this promise. Many of you don't know me. I won't put you on the spot. Won't point you out. Won't call you out. Won't come to you later. Won't tell the pastor. Won't do anything. Just want to pray for you. To my left, your right. If you're here today, and you need to do something for Jesus, would you just look my direction? Just look my direction. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Either you're lost, you need to get saved. You're saved, you need to get closer to the Lord, to my immediate right, to your left. Same proposition. You just look my direction and say, Preacher, would you pray for me? God bless you. God bless you. I see that. God bless you. God bless you. I see that. Anybody else? Now, if you would, let's stand. Who is Jesus? He's the only way that you and I will ever get to heaven. I tell you this, and I'm going to take my seat. Terry, if you'll come help me. Years ago, I had heart surgery. I couldn't get out of the bed, couldn't hardly get out of the living room. So I had this thing, my wife and I call it the clicker. I was changing channels, and I come up on Oprah. And Oprah supposedly had some, uh, some uh, ministers that were considered by her to be authorities on the Word of God. And each one of those ministers gave his opinion about how we can get to heaven, and didn't none of them sanctioned what another one said. It was all different. So at the conclusion of that, Oprah sums everything up by saying this. She said, we've heard about various ways to get to heaven. And we're all going to the same place. We're just going different ways. 
Not so, not so, not so. Jesus said, I am the way. No man, no woman, no boy, no girl comes unto the Father except by me. If you're here today and you've never been saved, some of what I've shared with you may be new to you, may be different to you, but I've tried my very best to follow the Holy Spirit of the Lord. And if He's touched your heart, there's no way you can, you can uh, not recognize that. Right. He knows exactly how to speak to us. Amen. If you're lost, come to Jesus today. Yeah. If you're saved and not enjoying your salvation, I'm not asking you to come down here because of Terry and Linda. Right. I'm asking you to come down here for Jesus Amen. and for you. That's right. And if you feel like doing that right now, uh, whomever wants to come sing, you come sing. And uh, while they're coming, while they're making their way this way, Bow your hearts with me. Bow your heads with me one more time. I'm not going to ask to see a response from you, but I am going to ask you this. Did God speak to your heart today? If He did, one of the greatest things that you could testify to is that God loved me so much that He touched my heart today. So I'm going to take my seat. Terry, you give the rest of this invitation ever how you feel led while they're singing. And while you're contemplating about what to do, let me encourage you this. Greatest thing you'll ever do is to come to Jesus. Amen. Let me say just a word and then you can sing. Well, I appreciate the preaching. I appreciate feeling the Lord. I appreciate everybody that's here. What a great honor it is to be with God's people. The greatest thing that could happen in your life today is for you to obey the Lord. That's what God's blessed this preacher to express in so many ways in the scripture pointing to Jesus. That's what he's pointing you to today. And that's what they'll be singing about. Let me encourage you, if you're here today, don't miss this opportunity. Don't pass it up. Don't miss it. I believe there's some people here today can get saved. I believe there's some people here today can rededicate their lives. Some of you, we've even had conversations. Uh, others, maybe not. But whatever the case is, whether you and I have talked about this or not, that's not essential. But that God is talking to your heart. And I appreciate this message. While they sing, sing whenever you get ready. While they sing, in church, I know you're praying. Really pray. I believe there's some folks that need to come to Jesus today. Please come right now. Whatever you need to do, do that. Please obey the Lord. Please come. Please come while they sing. Oh, please come. Please come. He thought no one would find him. Come on. Son of royalty living in Lodabar. If God's calling you, poverty, it's your move. Then a message it's your turn. From the throne. It's your opportunity. The king has sent for thee. You're the one that decides. This would surely whether you go to heaven or not, what would God made it so everybody could go. If you'll obey the Lord, you can say, you can go. Table, if you are saved, you're the one who decides whether you're going to join your life. Whoso trusteth the Lord, happy is he. Trust Jesus and be happy. I believe some folks need to come. If you're here, wherever you're at in the house, if God's calling you, don't argue with God and don't question God. Just say, yes, Lord, help me and come. 
Please come. I was searching for answers. Please come. Trying hard to understand just Obey how a king could love me. Could I fit in his plan? Then a message Amen. came from the throne. Would you just take a step with God's help? Ask God to help you. God help me. And he will. And take that step by faith. Step out and come. Come on. Obey the Lord. I'm feasting with the king. There's nothing I'm in need of. For I have everything. Please obey the Lord. No more to suffer hunger. Sorrow or Appreciate that good song again. Appreciate the preacher and the preaching. And uh, I'm just going to turn it over to Blaine. Help her, Lord. Stay with you. Okay, I'm with Stay you. With me. I stood by you. You stand with me. Uh, um, I, I'd just like to thank our church yeah, Lord. and all of you that are here today. This has just touched my heart so deeply. Yes, ma'am. Um, I was listening this week, actually wrote some of the words down, and Cindy cleans for me some, and she was a hush. She said, you're writing a song? I said, no, I just wrote that song down because it touched my heart so deeply. Um, the McCamies were singing it. They sing a song, and I think the name of it is In the Middle There Was Jesus. Mm. And so all of these years that we've been here, Amen. Through good times, through bad times, Amen. through it all, in the middle of it all, there was Jesus. Amen. And I'm so thankful that he's been there for us and Amen. with us. And I know he's, he's been there with us. I told Terry today, I said, Amen. a lot of our journey's over with. More of our journey's over with than we've got left. Yeah. But I've got eternity. <laughs> and Amen. so I'm thankful for what Amen. the Lord has done. And I'm thankful for the ones that he saved, yep. people that he's brought back home. Amen. And I love you all. I wish I could show you how much I love you, but maybe just me telling you I do. I love you all. Amen. Okay, well, just stay with me for a minute. <laughs> I appreciate everything she just said. I'll say amen to that. And I appreciate Lima Church, and I appreciate all our sister churches. I appreciate this service. Uh, it's, it's a great honor to have this service. I don't... I don't feel like I'm worthy of having it, but I'm really blessed and overwhelmed and my heart's full and run over from this. So I appreciate all the work that's gone into it. But I, but I appreciate Lima Church. But besides that, I appreciate all our sister churches. And I praise God for how we work together. And folks, we need each other. And I appreciate every one of our preaching brothers. Not just the one that preached today. Of course, I appreciate Brother Larry, but I appreciate every one of our preaching brothers. And he said the same thing. And I appreciate how we work together and uh, God hooks us up and we, uh, we uh, walk together and our churches walk together. And uh, I, we just couldn't do this without God, of course, but we just couldn't do this without each other. And so I praise God for all the help that all of you are to us 
all the time. Thank the Lord for you. I want to say how beautiful everything is. And yes. I want to thank my family, my daughter-in-law, grandchildren, my son. Right. They did a lot of work. Right. They really did a lot of work. And I don't feel deserving of it, but I appreciate it. All right. And I appreciate the preacher and the singers. Yes. And my son. <laughs> all right. Boy, what a great day. Um, you all may be seated, if you will, for a few minutes. Um, we knew that we were going to have service today. And now we've got a few things that we want to do after the service is completed. And we discussed trying to do those in the fellowship hall. And I know we've been here a little while. But we felt like it was probably better served and everyone could hear better and see better if we would take a few more minutes in here right now and do that. And so with that, what I'm going to say is service is dismissed. So if you need to get up and leave or you wanted to do that, you're welcome to. We've got, it's maybe going to be about 10 minutes, I would think. Uh, but uh, first thing, uh, I want to thank, make some thank yous. Brother Larry, thank you uh, for being willing to come and coming and, and that great message. Uh, appreciate you so much. Secondly, I want to thank these singers. Uh, I know it was a big undertaking because they could have just stayed right at home and sung at the homecoming tomorrow but they traveled six hours five and a half six hours got here spending the day with us and now they're going to go right back and they're going to sing tomorrow and so i hope you're not too wore out to sing a couple tomorrow at the homecoming <laughs> but they also have a song that they have and i don't know what this song is but they said we've got a song we would like to sing for terry and linda after the service is completed. And so I'm going to turn back over to them and let them do that right now. And then after that, we've got a few gifts and a couple of things we're going to do. Then we're going to get everybody out of here, out there to that great meal that's out in the fellowship hall, because I know everybody's getting hungry. So, the heavenly airs. Just a little congregation gathered in the church house pews. Sunday after Sunday, our eyes are all on you. Though it's not always easy, and sometimes your strength seems gone. But through it all, you've shown us just how to carry on. And no one knows the hour. You spin upon your knees The tear stains on your pillow Is something no one sees But in heaven there's a record Of all you say and do And right now we're giving honor Where honor is due because you gave, just look around and see all the lives that have been changed for eternity. Every sacrifice made a difference in our lives. And that is why we say thanks. That is why we're here today, because you gave. Now one day up in heaven, 
you'll hear him say, well done. And then you'll hear him call our names, each and every one. Then you'll see us walk through heaven's gates with tears in your eyes. We've all made it safely home, and you're the reason why. Because you gave, just look around and see all the lives that have been changed for eternity. Every sacrifice made a difference in our lives. That is why we say thanks. That is why we're here today. Because you gave every sacrifice made a difference in our lives. That is why we say thanks. That is why we're here today. Because you She included me, and Becky's going to tell you very quickly, I had very little to do with it. Uh, so, But I want to just recognize Becky. She has organized this, put most of this together. And this, the church, obviously, uh, has done so much work with the food and, and being here. And the greatest thing, like I said earlier, just loving on us all for, for 50 years. But uh, Becky uh, has taken up a collection from a variety of people and has some gifts and like I said this will just take a few minutes but we felt it was probably best to do it right now where everybody could see and hear it and understand what the gifts are so I'm going to turn it over I, boy I hate to do this Doug I hope you've got the mute button ready but I'm going to turn it over to Becky uh, to go through these gifts um, just to, I, I know I feel bad taking up more time, but this is why we're here to honor these two people. They're, they're family to me, but they're family to you because they've sat uh, through cousins' hangnails, surgeries. <laughs> they've been there uh, through all of our, our, our troubles, our happy times, our, and 
Tara and Linda, on behalf of Lima Missionary Baptist Church, your friends and family, all the churches that have ever got a witness from you, and they, there's been so many, I reached out to people and I said, could you write a letter? Could you send some money? I asked our church, but there, it went beyond that. There's churches from all over that's gave. The community is given. Linda's nail lady. She said, I saw on Facebook, I'm going to give you some money. Anybody they come into contact with, love these people. There was a lady, she says, I don't know your mother-in-law, mother and father-in-law very well. She said, but I sat at ball games with them and there was something special about them. And she wrote that in an email to us. So, um, Terry, would you go ahead and open up this first gift? But I want the two of you to know that this is a book of love letters from your friends and family and your church family. Full, I, I'll tell you, I, I got the blessing of reading each and every one of these. And they're so beautiful. And I, I thank my church and all of our sister churches for making this book for them that they can sit and enjoy and read and bless them. This is a, a Bible that commemorates your 50 years here at Lyman Missionary Baptist. Uh, Trey picked it out. <laughs> I went to him and he said, Mom, this is the Cadillac of Bibles. I don't know if there's such a thing, but <laughs> all Bibles are good, but this is a pretty special one, and it's got the 50 years on the front of it. King James Version. <laughs> King James Version. Trey didn't mess that up. <laughs> yep, go ahead and open up this next one. And so we can save time. I'm going to have Linda start opening up hers. And that just lifts up. And this is just to commemorate, uh, it's got a verse on it and their names and the year service to, the, to us here at Lyman Missionary Baptist Church. And I'll say while they're opening up the rest of it, um, your big gift, Terry and Linda, um, everybody gave and I, I set a goal and we surpassed that, but we know how much you've given to us over the years and and we know that things are getting tougher as we get older and so the next two years you'll have lawn care and window cleaning and things around the house done for you both and i thank everybody for giving for that And I'll tell a little story on myself. I bought this on Amazon. It's got Linda's name on the front. It says she's our songbird. And it was supposed to play Amazing Grace, but it does not. <laughs> I forget what it. Let me call you sweetheart. <laughs> I'm gonna let you open up this one. <laughs> Amazon, we'll be talking. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Linda, too. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, Sonny. 
And this is a creative Bible where Linda can uh, write on the side and actually color because we know that's good for her stress <laughs> that her daughter-in-law gives her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one on the top's for Linda. We're going to have her stand up and show this. This is the last one, so you guys can eat your chicken here in one second. Hey, for your pastor's wife, she has put up with your pastor. <laughs> Linda likes it cool in the house, but Terry likes it warm, so he's got a, a blanket with pastor on it. Okay, and, and that's everything. Thank you to everyone who gave, everyone who wrote a letter. Um, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. And we love you, Terry and Linda. Thank you for 50 years of service to us. Okay. Wow, what a great day. Thank you, everybody, for being here. There are two more things that we are going to ask of some of you, and if you can't do this, we understand, but we would love to commemorate all the preachers that are here in a photo. And so normally the preachers are getting let go early. We're going to hold you after class today. If you will stay and come up front, we would. Uh, Heather is taking the pictures for us, and we'll try to get it done very quickly. Uh, also, uh, Tab and Krista and all of your family uh, and my family, uh, if we can all stay after the preachers are done, we're going to get one big group photo because I know people are going to start heading out pretty quickly. So that's going to be our, probably our best chance to do that. Everyone else, as soon as we have a dismissal prayer here, is free to head into the, out into the fellowship hall. There's food out there. Please go out and eat. Fellowship, stay around. Uh, we've got this afternoon set up. We decided not to have another service just so we could fellowship and, and tell some stories and, and hopefully laugh. If you have to go right away and we don't get again to, to say thank you for coming, right from the bottom of my heart and, and everyone's heart, I know a lot of you have traveled a long ways. Uh, and uh, boy, it means a lot. So thank you so much. Uh, so if the preachers would stay and all mom and dad's family, everybody could come up for a quick picture after the, the preachers, um, and then everybody else can go ahead and be released. And uh, I'm going to ask Brother Ryan Carter, if he would, if you don't care, just come up here. That way everybody can hear you. I'm going to ask him to dismiss us and ask the blessing over this food. So. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your grace and mercy that you show us each and every day, Lord. And we thank you for a good pastor, Lord. It's uh, been my pastor my whole life. And uh, we couldn't ask for a better, better pastor and better first lady, Lord. And we just pray that you continue to bless our church and uh, 
bless all the other churches and watch over everyone as they're traveling, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that uh, you keep sending out that opportunity to our people, Lord, that uh, they come seek salvation, Lord. Again, we just thank you for how good you are to us and bless the food and the hands that's prepared it, Lord. And amen.